From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode 105. Today's show is brought to you by Casper, Squarespace, and HelpSpot. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined fresh from the Bill Graham Center, Auditorium Center, Auditorium Center in San Francisco, Mr. Mm. Just Snell. That's where they show off all the auditoriums. Hi, Mike. I'm here fresh <laughs> from the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium in San Francisco, and now I'm back home talking to you. Not a car cast this time, because that's nope. only one I'm driving back from Cupertino, and it takes a very long time, but I live fairly close to San Francisco, so I, there was no need. I'm, I'm, I'm here now. No car required. So, of course, we have all of the news from the Apple event to talk about today, the new iPhones, the new watches, and the paraphernalia that went around them. But I figure we should start this episode with the scoring of the second-ever upgrade event draft. Yes. Now... We were talking in the talk show, um, as well as on Twitter, with many people about this. So uh, the talk show that you do now, which is which is a lot of fun, which is a bunch of us kind of talking through what happened. There was some uh, point scoring there, um, and then we also were, people were talking to us on Twitter. So basically, the reason I mention this is I already know going into this that there is there is contention this time for many of the points. Oh, so apparently. I want to go through it. Now, however, I believe that even with all of the contention, I think that I have you as winning. Yes. Well, that's even good. Even with all of the possible contention. That's good. Because I, I still want to go through it because I think it's important for the final score. All right. So let's go through it round by round. Um, I'll put a link again in the show notes so people can uh, can grab the scorecard if they want to. I saw there were a lot of people uh, scoring along at home, which was awesome. That was exactly what we wanted people to do. So I'm happy that everybody did that. But I figure, should we go through point by point? I think so. So the round one draft picks were uh, for you, no headphone jack, which we know, Ding. no headphone jack on the iPhone. Uh, I went dual camera on the Plus. Yep. Point for me. Second round, new iPhone, point for you. Yeah. Um, I went with Apple Watch 2. We'll yeah. go with that. Right? Uh, I mean, the name in here isn't exact, the- but we'll get to that. Yes. Good um, enough. Four points. Force touch home button. Yeah. yeah, we got that. Um, I don't think they're calling it that, but um, I, I don't think Apple are calling it Force Touch Home Button, are they? they I think they mentioned said it was Force Sensitive. Hmm. Just like Anakin Skywalker. Uh, new iPhone colors. Now, when I made the pick, um, this is a point to me, but we all expected blue. There was we no did. blue. No, but we have no two black colors now, which we'll get yeah. to later on. Uh, lightning, then round four, lightning earbuds. So basically we're three, three at this point. Yep. Lightning earbuds included. Ding. That was a point for you. Uh, this is my first point that I lost. The phone is indeed called the iPhone seven. I thought that it wouldn't be. Um, now this is where I get to the first contentious point for you, Jason. Sure. Point number yes. five, new watch bands. Now there were no new watch bands shown on stage unless they were attached to a model. And I'm wondering if that counts. Yeah, what I wanted this too. I mean, the the, the it, it is two new Hermes watch bands, um, and I think they might have put up a slide with some other they, watch they bands. They didn't show on it. anything else, but they but, did show the Hermes ones, and they did yeah. say that. But that whenever when they Hermes. showed them on stage, they showed them as attached to the Hermes watches. Yeah. The same with the Nike one. My, so I'm my, not sure about this one. My my feeling is. Um, and it's pronounced Nike. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go. That's that's my UK show. See, um, my 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 feeling is that this probably counts. Although I would be okay if it wasn't a full a full point because those are new bands. The even uh, in the Hermes 
um, family, their new Hermes band styles in that family. So that would be my argument there. It's not quite what I intended, but they have that I think one with like the two bands. With a half point here, half right. point is what I would say. All right. Now this one is I know is this has been a big contentious point yes, today. Yes, yes. Watch one is kept around despite the watch two existing. That this is, I mean, I would call half point on this. Yeah, I, I, and I agree. I think I think it's a half point. Now, as somebody on Twitter said, but they said they're keeping the old watch around. But they did. They did. They said the old watch is going to stay around, and then immediately said, except we're upgrading its processor and calling yep. it a new name. So okay. It's, it's kind of difficult, right? Because and we are it, going to have to differentiate there? between the original yeah. Apple Watch and the Apple Watch Series 1, which is not the same as the original Apple Watch because it's got a slower yep. processor. But the the original Apple Watch does not exist anymore. There is the Series 1 Apple Watch, which is all but processor, right? And I guess that's the way that it is being done. Yeah. But so I think that's a half point for me. Yeah. yeah so I, we're I, at four I and could, a half, three and a half. I could be I, I could I could be a jerk and say that you don't deserve anything for that because he just said that and it was dumb. But he did say we're keeping it around. And in spirit that's sort of what he meant, even though it's kinda not because of the hardware upgrade. So yeah, half point seems fair. Okay. So uh, this was now the first loss for you promoting big things for the spring for iPad. No iPad talk. Um, I got my 32 gigabyte. Yeah. For the, the, the size. Right. Okay. Watch two keeps compatibility with old bands. I have this as another contention. This wasn't mentioned. It, it's inferred, it, I, but not mentioned. It's well, yeah, it was implied. Um, not inferred. You inferred it. I inferred it. And, <laughs> and it's very clearly true. This, this is the, the model they introduced is compatible. Um, and therefore it is real. So that's, I don't see, I don't see the issue here. I, I, mm. I mean, I mean, the, the I, rules I wasn't of the draft picking, that we I wasn't, set out previously are it must be said on stage or be on a slide. Yeah, but I wasn't picking that they're going to mention compatibility. I, I was picking that they were going to release a watch that was compatible, and it is completely compatible. So I, mm. I, that, I, I think that's a full credit for me. Okay, if, you're, if we're going to give you this, there has to be a change of the rules going forward. Because our rule has been it must be said on stage or shown on a slide, and that was never addressed. Well, the Apple Watch, I mean... They showed the Apple Watch using bands. It looks exactly like the old Apple Watch. It lo- yeah, bands looks, look exactly looks like the old doesn't Apple mean Watch. it's, you know, like just because oh, something brother. looks that way. They could have changed We're something We're not going to play this game again anymore if you behave like this. <laughs> the, I'm going by the rules that we set. All right, so, okay, I'm going to give you this point. But in the future, there will now be an addendum. We're going to more, we're gonna have to be more specific, yeah. Where I think we're going to see a watch that is compatible <laughs> yeah, see, the, you know, it's tea leaf reading. Yeah. Uh, somebody did mention in the chat room, implied that there are new bands. There are new bands, yes, but they didn't, but they show, didn't, them they didn't show them on stage. And I, I agree with that, that I, I, really my case about the new bands has to be based on um, the Hermes uh, bands that we showed, th- that, we, that we saw, and not the ones that are actually new that were in the press release, because they weren't on stage. It's, it's, so uh, that that, that you- is absolutely true. We will give but you I the saw full point. a watch on stage. I saw it with my eyes that was completely compatible with the old watch band. So we're going to give you design. that point. However, now going forward, it can be also something that looks visually correct. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So sure. then yeah. we go down. Um, I got the watch to a GPS. Ding. Uh, you got your musical performance. I, <laughs> I got water resistance. <laughs> Boy, did I. <laughs> <laughs> I turned off, so I have no idea what uh-huh. C did. But it looked in- involved. Um 
On 9, we both lost here. No new Macs of any kind. No iMacs or MacBook Pros. You got a live game demo, game demo on stage. In fact, you got three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got no MacBook Pro with the function bar. I only you didn't get credit get Frank for one. Ocean. No Frank Ocean. So the, the rationale when I picked Frank Ocean was that he was the highest profile person to have a recent Apple Music exclusive. Um, and then on Monday, Sia dropped an Apple Music exclusive, and uh, she was the opening act, so there or the the closing act. So there you go. But I and I, I'll, I'll say I only get somebody tried to give me three points for the game demos on stage. There were three live game demos on stage, but I only get one point for that. And it's called uh, it's called iPhone Seven, not the iPhone. Yeah. So. I was going so, for it. it so in the out. end, it seems it seems like what what our draft came down to is that you tried to get two points for the Mac, and I I tried I only tried to get one point for the Mac. So you won by a one point victory. Yeah, which is uh, it's, it's unfortunate because we've had to make an addendum of the rules. However, <laughs> we will go with it because otherwise it would have been a draw, and what fun would that have been? Mm. So seven and a half to six and a half. We are now one draft apiece. I wonder if there'll be any more drafts before the end of the year. Let's address that right off the top. <laughs> Are there going to be any more events this year, Jason? We got nothing on the Mac at all. And in our Ask Upgrade section, I'm bringing this up now, I think every single person wrote in to ask that question. Are we going to see anything in the Mac this year? Ah, uh, I don't know. You would think so. Now that Intel has announced that new processor family, I mean, this is the killer. Is like... Uh, is Apple going to release new Macs and then have a new Intel processor generation ship like three months later? And you know, I think maybe they are. I had a funny conversation. Um, I was talking to John Gruber um, right when they opened the doors. So John and I kind of talked as we walked in and um, we were talking about the Mac not being at the event because we figured that would be the case. And what would they do? And I said, you know, two years ago, they just did the, the town hall event. And he he pointed out, yeah, but you know, Tim, you know, Tim stood up there and said, um, you know, this is probably the last, or or this is going to be the last town hall event. And I said, well, he 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 did say probably, right? Um, and Gruber made a really good point, as he often does, which is he said, well, you know, back then, back then they probably everybody probably figured they were shipping those new Macs in the summertime, and then it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thought that was really funny. Like the the idea that that they uh, put it, they thought they they were confident they wouldn't need a second event in the fall <laughs> at that time. And now, if they want to launch the Mac before January, they need a second event in the fall, maybe a town hall. So that's going to be I'm I'm you know I realize I'm wish casting here, but that's going to be what I'm going to say is my hope is that we're going to see an event next month, just like we did two years ago when it was iPad and Mac, that we will see a Mac event. It will be at a much smaller scale than this because the fact is most of the people who are at these events, these huge events, are there for the iPhone. They're really not there for the Mac. Uh, the last time they did a Mac-only event, it was a very reasonable guest list because the, the, the people who are interested in what Apple's doing on the Mac are a lot fewer than the people who are interested in the iPhone. So that's my hope. Is that that they will need to do something? They will need to do a demo. They will they will want to show off this new touch bar, whatever thingy it is on the MacBook Pro. So that's that's what I'm going to hope for is is next month. But who knows at this point? It's been so long that who knows? All right, let's take our first break, and then we're going to jump into the event. We'll go through chronologically, talk about what was discussed today. 
This week's episode is brought to you in part by HelpSpot. If you deal with any kind of customer support, you need HelpSpot. They are the most comprehensive and flexible help desk software solution around. With HelpSpot, you can let your customers reach you however they like, whether that be email, over the web, over the phone, it doesn't matter because HelpSpot will be the central place for all of your customer support needs. You'll be able to turn disjointed email exchanges into meaningful conversations with your customers, get a quick view of any trends relating to your support requests. How about real-time reporting to see exactly what's happening with your support? HelpSpot has everything. They have all you need. They can even help you easily create a self-service portal to give your customers all the knowledge base articles that they're going to need as well. As you'd expect, HelpSpot is a service that they can host for you, but you can also also run HelpSpot on your own servers as well. You'll get source code access for custom branding, direct SQL access to write custom reports, and extensive APIs and Zapier integration for connecting to your other business systems. This is where all that powerful and beautiful automation can happen. HelpSpot is the best value in customer service. They are committed to giving you unrivaled value for your hard-earned money. Put simply, this means uncomplicated pricing that includes everything that you need for your help desk. With HelpSpot, you'll get unlimited tickets, mailboxes, custom fields, reports, and knowledge bases for one simple price with no hidden extras or complicated tiers. HelpSpot's current customers include startups and Fortune 500 companies, IT departments, call centers, customer service groups across every industry, including software, banking, healthcare, education, transport, and e-commerce. They are able to easily manage customers that get a few requests a day, all the way up to enterprise clients with 500 email boxes, receiving millions of support emails. No matter where you are, or how big you grow, they will be there to help lighten the burden of customer support. HelpSpot is not a flash-in-the-pan company. They've been doing this for over 12 years. They're going to be there when you need them. HelpSpot is free for up to three users and super inexpensive for larger teams. Better still, you'll get an additional 10% off for life when you use the code UPGRADE when you sign up. Go to helpspot.com slash upgrade to start a free trial today or to sign up for a free one-on-one demo to learn more about how HelpSpot can help serve your support team. Thank you so much to HelpSpot for their support of this show and RelayFM. Hey. All right. So I wanted to put in the show notes, you probably haven't seen this, a great video that Apple did, which is the whole event condensed into 107 seconds. It's really wow. like punchy and fun and fast-paced. Uh, you have to basically be a speed reader to do some of it. It's brilliant. It's a really, really great video. These are usually the types of videos that, like, I think I saw Kyle's the Grey on Twitter say this, like, they basically Sherlock the Verge. This is like what the Verge does. Uh, but Apple did it, and it is brilliant. So I'm going to put that. It's called Don't Blink, which is a great uh, kind of a great line that they use, like, don't blink or you miss it kind of thing, which is fantastic. Go and watch it. It'll be in the show notes. Started off with Cook and Corden. Uh, I think this is a great hmm. little fun intro. It makes a lot of sense. This isn't just like a celebrity for celebrity's sake, right? Because they're going to be doing the carpool karaoke thing. Right. Uh, singing Tim was hilarious. Um, and he was cheating. Did you see him reading lyrics? Yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> he did get... He did... Uh... I can I know the lyrics of that song. My uh, my son's uh, sixth, uh, graduating class, what fifth grade graduating class? They sang that as they left the elementary school. So I know that song. But uh, they did have him do "Sweet Home Alabama." He could do the Leonard Skinner lyrics. He was fine. On he that. knew that. He yeah. knew that. But yeah, I thought that was a great start. Um, I don't know why Pharrell was there, and I don't know how or why he disappeared, but he did. Uh, like all of a sudden, Pharrell was gone. 
Pharrell is a magic creature. He he comes and goes at at will. He is he is just that that he that Pharrell. His hat calls him back home. His big hat. Now, for everybody watching along at home, Jason, this was where everything went wrong. Oh, at, at this point in the keynote, the at Apple Twitter account, ah uh, yes, tweeted all of the iPhone Seven features. So, in case you don't know, Twitter had set up this. Uh, well, Apple set up this Twitter account at Apple, which has not tweeted, but has been leveraging the ad functionality to send tweets to people, but they don't show up. It's this weird Twitter ad thing. Now, they had obviously scheduled these ads to go out. I don't know how or when or why, but they were they were tweeted too early. They were tweeted at this point of the keynote before anything had happened. We found out that the iPhone 7 was waterproof. We found out that it was in jet black. We found out that it was dustproof. We found out about the A10 processor, that there was no headphone jack, that there were airports. Everything came out at this point. Sigh. Someone got fired. Yeah, I, I suspect so. Between like, this and one fired. other, between this and one other uh, announcement in the iPhone that we'll cover later, uh, I suspect some people are, are hurting. Yeah, and I actually think it was probably twitter i think like they you know were, were charged with scheduling this or twitter scheduling tools didn't work properly or something because this feels like a thing that apple wouldn't do you know maybe yeah. i'm just giving them too much credit but it feels like that their pr team is a little bit more reserved than this like it so, would take three people with four different keys right to, to set these tweets off somebody somebody clicked uh clicked the wrong button for sure so but then we have the games demo <laughs> And I am so frustrated about this. I'll tell you why. Shigeru Miyamoto came out and announced Mario Run. Yes. The reason this frustrates me is last year, I think it was probably on virtual, me and Federico predicted this exact thing, that Shigeru would come out on stage and that they would be I making that. a Super Mario Infinite running game. I, I, remember, I remember that. Off. In fact, I had that moment of thinking, did, did, I, did somebody not have this as an idea? But you're right, it was for like a year ago. So it may have been connected, it may have been virtual, I don't know, but uh, this was huge. This is huge. This continues Nintendo's march towards the holiday season um, of doing things when they haven't got any games to sell. So Nintendo basically have nothing to sell this holiday season. Their home console, there's nothing happening because they're gearing up for a new console launch and reveal uh the reveal later on this year and the launch next year at the NX. They have some stuff on 3DS, but there's not really a lot there. So there's a couple of things like that little NES Mini, which is like a little uh, like a nostalgia hit. But now we have Super Mario Run. Now, it was a great presentation on stage. The game looks fantastic, you know, one-handed. I can't wait for it. This is exactly the game that I was hoping Nintendo would make. There is a bit of uh, a cloud hanging around the pricing. So on stage, Miyamoto says that it is going to be one price up front. However, in the App Store listing, because there is an App Store listing, you can go and hit the notify button. Um, this isn't the first time Apple did this. A lot of people have been saying that. I believe, do you remember that ninja game that they showed off with the ninja? You could control him and bounce him around. This oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. An, a, yeah. Yeah, they did a notify thing for that, I believe. Um, but uh, or like a pre-order or something. There was like a page in the App Store for that game in advance. But underscore uh, David Smith very quickly saw that the the App Store listing notes that it has in-app purchases. So I don't really know what's going on here. They My made... th- yeah, thinking is that they have changed the business model between now and then. Could be. 
could be. It also could be that they're they're going to offer some sort of in-app purchase, but it's not about like gameplay. That it's about yeah, it might be like some... premium. You can uh, maybe put Mario in some different costumes, but it does exactly. kind of go, you know, because like basically the way that Miyamoto kind of phrased it on the stage with Bill Trinan, who I love of all my heart. If you're a Nintendo fan, Bill Trinan is like the best person in the world. Um, Bill, or he is an executive, like the guy who was out on stage with Miyamoto. He is an executive, but he translates for Miyamoto all the time. I don't know why they do it that way, but that's how they do it. Yeah. Um, well, and it was and, like, I mean, translates, but also it was almost just like they were reading the script in parallel. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, they, yeah, they work together like that. It's, it's really fun. Uh, it might be that like all of the levels are available. We'll wait and see, but it's a little bit cloudy right now. It's going to be out for the holidays. The price is announced later, but iOS 10 launch will bring Mario stickers. This is awesome. <laughs> I saw a lot of people saying like, um, what kind of cut did Nintendo get? What kind of deal did Nintendo get? I don't think they got anything. I think Nintendo need this more than Apple does, quite frankly. Mm. This this was always going to happen, this game. Um, and I think that what Nintendo have got is like the special promotion in the App Store already with the notify button, and they're going to get a ton of promotion at launch. Uh, I don't think they will have got much of a special deal if they got anything. Yeah. Nintendo really need this right now and their stock price went through the roof i'm sure it did i i mean yeah uh, yeah there was a, an update on apple in education um i don't know what the connect ed um thing is about i believe it's a, a us thing i'm, I'm not 100 percent sure but uh apple are donating uh, 4500 macs and ipads to teachers they're putting apple tvs in classrooms and donating more than fifty thousand ipads as well which is awesome yeah that was like their feel-good moment when mm-hmm. they when they talked about that and they talked about there was the number um and then also uh they talked about like a learn to code initiative that's based on swift playgrounds so that the next generation of uh programmers learns using swift and then so yeah something crazy happened something nobody ever would have predicted nobody could have <laughs> predicted it because why would you <laughs> real-time collaboration in iWork which I had Great. that moment where I thought, didn't they already do say that they had this, but they didn't? They had something. They had iWork in the cloud, which was is a collaboration tool, which is not really that good at anything. I will point people to an episode of The Prompt. Oh, the best is, episode. Which we have uh, now of a the relay fm it's episode number 20 take action where during the course of the episode we attempted to try and use uh i work for the icloud which was the previous method of collaboration not too long after it was announced and it was a disaster so since then nobody well we have never had any faith in apple's ability to do this but they did a very interesting demo on stage where they collaborated on the actual keynote which was being delivered. Um, there is collaboration in... They showed the native Mac app, um, but they didn't show anything else. However, on the iWork page at apple.com, it says that you will be able to... Uh, your team will be able to edit a document spreadsheet or presentation together in real time on a Mac, iPad, or iPhone, or even using a PC with iWork for iCloud. Now, I don't know when this is coming out. Um, I'm assuming with iOS 10. I don't, I don't recall them saying yeah. it, and the site doesn't Sounds say right. it. Maybe it's out today. I don't know. I'm interested to try this. 
Um, but now that Google Docs gives me what I need, I can't imagine moving anything, but it's great. I mean, I might use numbers more. I might use Keynote a bit more with people, but I'm pleased that they're doing this. It was an impressive demo. It's in the native applications, which is great, not just on the web, but um, all right. Like, I don't know why they're doing it. Well, I mean, the reason that it was in this education segment, right, I think is is that, which is what they're what they're trying to do is say... We have lots of Apple devices in education, and we want them using our stuff and not Google Docs. We want to be able to provide our own stuff, and so they don't have to go to Google Docs or Microsoft. They can come to us, mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. will get these things because these are things that their customers in education want more than anything else. I mean, I suppose there are work groups that are going to use iWork to collaborate. That will happen, but really, I think it's telling that this was in the education segment. So it should yeah. be like I collaborated in education instead of I work. maybe. I don't know. But I hope they did it right. It'll be interesting to see how they did it um, because real-time collaboration for some tasks in certain work groups is fantastic. And, uh, you know, and we, we use some of that, although it's not usually too real-time with us. But it's definitely something that, that you and I use and other podcast hosts use. And we used it at Macworld to write stories all the time. And there are lots of good uses for it. And maybe, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll see how it the demo was great. We'll see how it actually works in practice and and who it's for. Yeah, um, I will give it a go as soon as I can. We'll have to wait and see. So then we moved into the Apple Watch. Um, Tim started by talking about all of his customer satisfaction and stuff like that, but there was an interesting tidbit that Apple is now second only to Rolex in watch brands, um, and they're the number one in smartwatch. I think this is in sales, right? I think. Yeah, that's really interesting. For, and that was in 2015, and that was with only it only on sale for whatever eight months or something like that, which is cool. Congratulations! I mean, I don't, you know, so, I think it's yeah. worth noting, but I don't have much to say on it. I don't know how big that market no. really is. No, and the number like, one it, smartwatch, and number one smartwatch in customer sat, which is, uh, yeah, you gotta have whoop. customer sat. You gotta have watch it. OS three features will walk through again. Um, so we know all of that. We've been through all of that, but uh, that's coming uh, on September 13th, Watch OS 3, so I'm looking forward to that. I think everybody is. Uh, they then brought out their second game demo, which was Pokemon Go coming to the Apple Watch. Um, they've built an app which has complications for yeah. hatching eggs. They have good notifications. The animations look really good. Yeah, I thought that was um, really smart, too, because if you've played Pokemon Go, you know that one of the problems with Pokemon Go is that the way that they built it, you it's really stupid. You have to, like, carry it around open mm-hmm. um, because the only way you can see if there's anything, even though it's a location-based game and it's encouraging you to walk, you have to carry it around or put it in your pocket with the screen unlocked in order for it to work. So the Pokemon Go app... Apple Watch app actually does everything you might expect, which is if you go for a walk and you're trying to hatch eggs, you get credit for the watch or for the for the walk. It uses the fitness APIs on the Apple Watch and it alerts you if there's a Pokemon around. You still have to catch it on your phone, but you can just keep your phone in your pocket until that happens. And if you are at a geo location at a Pokestop or, or, or presumably a gym, you get a no- notification there. You can actually... Um, get the stuff at the Pokestops without pulling the phone out of your pocket. I mean, I think this is all, it's all the things that I kept thinking as I walked around playing Pokemon Go that I wished I had had on my Apple Watch. So I think it's a good example of what a companion um, watch app could be for a game like this. Um, but then they said by the end of the year, aka when Pokemon Go is dead. 
uh, it's interesting. I mean, obviously they're working hard on it, but they haven't got it out. You know, it's not out now. I think the excitement is starting to wear off with the game. I don't play it anymore. I actually deleted it from my phone. I was getting frustrated. I think the way that this Apple Watch app works is you. I think you set it as a workout, and then it runs in the background. I think that's. I think it's like hacking it through like that. Um, I think you have to like specifically tell it that you're out walking, and then it will show you things that are happening within the game. Yeah. Yeah, that that sounds right. You actually kind of enter into fitness mode. Yep. Okay, then we moved into the product itself, the uh, new Apple Watch, which is called Apple Watch Series 2. There is no longer a sport model. There is no longer just a watch model. Um, it is either Series 1, Series 2, and then the material name. So, for example, if you want to buy one of the previous what would have been called sport models in the new editions. It is called the Apple Watch uh, Aluminium Series sure. 2. Yeah. Uh, I actually think this makes a bit, this makes more sense to me. Apple Watch Series 2 and then just your finish like, rather than sport and watch. Because calling the, yeah, oh, I always found it problematic that it was Apple Watch. We always called it stainless steel anyway because the Apple Watch was the name of the product and a name of the product within the product. Yeah, and not always even very confusing, and, and not even the base model, right? <laughs> that was the, exactly even more confusing. The base model was had a name, and then the middle model didn't have a name. Yep. So, so I think you it's have good. like silver aluminium, gold aluminium, and then you have like stainless steel, and then you have you know that's how they're kind of spoken about now in the product lineup, which makes way more sense to me. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, series is funny. This is one of those examples where it's still they're still trying to give it up a, a little a little flavor in the name. So calling it series Apple Watch Series Two, that's like the second season of a British TV show or something like that. Series Two, but it's okay. I, I'm okay with it. It's not Apple Watch Two. It's got a little more flavor. That's in f- keeping with the kind of. Uh, interesting naming that they did for the original Apple Watch, and uh, but I, I yes, I'm happy that it's no longer sport and uh, and watch the watch watch and the sport watch. It's just uh, aluminum and uh, stainless and ceramic. However, this is where it gets. I don't know why they're doing this. That's still <laughs> called the edition. Oh sure. So that one is called Apple Watch Edition. Everything else is Series One, Series Two. Is gold is, edition. is gold gone? As far as I can tell, it's not on the pages anymore. Interesting. Ceramic instead. Yep, but the ceramic, when you actually click into it, it the logo at the top changes. Well, like the, the heading says Apple Watch Edition. Okay. Fair and that one is like the most expensive base. It's 1249 now. I mean, I think that the DLC coated one is still more expensive, um, but that's kind of because you put the extra extra band on it. Yeah. So it's all there's a lot of stuff happening here. It's there's there's all very uh very confusing, but the naming is at least a little bit better. No, actually I just took a look. The uh the black stainless steel is a thousand. So it's the cheapest other than the Hermes. The Hermes push push up above that as well. So ah. there's there's lots going on in this line. There's a lot going on. Ain't no, ain't no joke about it. So they, they really had like a very heavily uh fitness focused video. Everything about the Apple Watch to uh, the, the, the uh, series two <laughs> it seems to be very fitness focused it's now swim proof 50 meters water resistance they have a redesigned speaker system which is kind of cool at the end of the workout they do something where it pushes all the water out of the speaker which is really fun yeah i think it's just using like the vibration yeah of um of the of the speaker to do it but what they had to do is re-engineer 
that speaker part um, from the original. They, I, you get the sense they tried to engineer as little, redo as little of the case and, and things like that as possible, but this was a case where they had to do that. So it's great. Okay. This is, you know, Craig Hockenberry's been swimming with an Apple Watch for a while. The Apple Watch is water resistant. The first, the original Apple Watch is water resistant, but this, it's like the three feet or three meter water yeah. resistant where you can get it wet and it's fine. This is the 50 meter water resistant. This is when, you know, I, it's very clear they wanted to do this last time and they couldn't, you know, the, the waterproofing that they had was not good enough to make claims about things like swimming, even though people have been swimming with the Apple Watch. And now they feel like they can actually make a claim like, yes, it is designed for you to go swimming. Yeah, like last time you could do it, but they kind of wouldn't say it, you know, because there are people that did it. But now they're like, no, we are very confident in this. Like, this works. So I think that's that's really cool that they got that. Because I have always wanted to do that. You know, I want to go swim with my Apple Watch. And now you can record swimming uh, in the Workouts app. There is a, a swimming thing in there now, right. too. It's the all, guts all of the Apple Watch now have the S2 chip. It is dual-core, 50% faster. as a new GPU, two times graphics performance. It can now do 60 frames per second animations. And they have a second-gen display, which is two times brighter than the previous Apple Watch. It's actually the brightest display Apple has ever made with 1,000 nits. Yeah, it's uh, twi- twice as bright. And the idea here is that you, it wants, they want it to be as visible as possible when you're in bright sunlight. When you're looking down at that Apple Watch, you want to actually see the text on the watch, which could, you know, is a challenge. It's a challenge with any uh, backlit device in the sun. So they've. If, if you don't know what uh, a nits is, they actually explain it in that video I mentioned at the start of the show. One nits is the light emitted by a candle. Oh, there you go. So a thousand of them, a thousand candles. There's GPS um, to record your walk and run. It shows you the route that you took on a map. Um, it looks like you have to activate it, right? So it's not just tracking you all the time. And third parties can use it. Um, we spoke about the cases, aluminium, stainless steel, and ceramic. The ceramic is white. It has a pearl-like shine and yes. it's four times harder than the stainless. Did you get any time with the new watches? Did you take a look at the ceramic? Yeah, I did. I got I got to take some pictures of the new ceramic one. It, it looks, I mean, it's what you would expect it to look like. It looks like sort of the white version of that uh, shiny, and it's not the same material, but it's that feel, the white version of that shiny black model of the of the mm-hmm. stainless it is the it is shiny white money is no object this is the one i would go for i think it looks really cool and kind of different mm-hmm. but i'm not willing to pay that amount of money no certainly um, not on an apple watch no nope. uh they have the series 2 ms and also some what we found is there are some new nylon bands which look really great and i'm sure i'll be getting yeah. more of those uh, Apple then brought someone from Nike onto the stage. They have a special Nike edition of the Apple Watch. They have a new perforated sport band as an aluminium case. And there are some specific features and uh, kind of apps, I think, for runners. Um, it seems like these are exclusive to this watch. Um, integrations with Nike Running Club. They have some special watch faces. And there are four colors in that. Do you know anything more about this uh, Nike Plus Edition watch? I don't. Like, is it exclusive? It, it seems strange, too, because the way that the, the, the I guess it's the president of the Nike brand, uh, described it on stage is he kept talking about this product as if it was like this new product from Nike that would, did all these amazing things. And I kept thinking... 
but it's an Apple Watch. So what's the story? But I think that's sort of how they're they're seeing it. So it wouldn't surprise me if, like with the um, Hermes uh, watch faces that are custom for the, that product, that you might end mm-hmm. up with the a same thing here where this is stuff that is uh, specially integrated. I, I think the watch face, you know, is, is unique for sure. Um, obviously, Nike is going to want to have... I think Apple Watch users of all kinds using Nike Plus stuff. Yeah. So it would surprise me if that if if the only way to do Nike Plus stuff on the Apple Watch was to buy an Apple Watch Nike Plus edition. I think I so think I've taken a look at the product page. Yeah. Um the watch faces are exclusive. Yeah. But then it talks about the Nike Plus Run Club app, which I expect is available for everyone. Yeah, that that's exactly what I was going to say is. My guess is the watch faces will be custom. Obviously these bands and the look of the the watch um, that, that's the, you know, you'll get the bands with the watch. That's how that'll work. Um, and I think this is a really smart idea. In fact, the, at one point somebody said, um, it may have been Tim Cook or no, it may, it may have been, um, was Jeff, the, the, what's his name? The, Jeff Williams. Jeff Williams. Yeah. Uh, that it's the largest community of runners or something like that. And and that's, I mean, that says it all. Like, why why does this product exist? It's a, Nike reaches runners. Nike has a relationship with runners. That brand is so powerful with so many runners. And this is the case where, you know, people know Apple, and that's fine. But Nike allows Apple to reach way more people than they maybe have up to now with the Apple Watch because Nike has a relationship with them. Those people love Nike yep. stuff. They're using the Nike Plus um, and the running club and all of those things. Then this will be marketed to them. Presumably this will be sold in places that they might uh, otherwise see Nike stuff. I think it's all good. I think it's it's good for the Apple Watch as a platform to have a partner like Nike. And somebody was, uh, I think on Twitter, joking about this during the during the event that this is the uh, return for you guys stop doing that fit band. Right. And we'll, uh, we'll take care of you over here. And here's the result. Cause they've always had the iPod little thingy, right? You put it in your shoe. Right. Yeah. So yeah, there's stuff that they've been doing. Yeah. But they, they kind of stopped doing, they had the, the, the Nike band or whatever, and they kind of shut down a lot of that stuff. And there was, there was talk at the time that that might indicate that they were going to work on partnerships, including with Apple since Tim Cook's on the board of Nike, right? I think. So, yeah. Yeah. We have clarification via Business Wire on the Mario app. So Super Mario Run will be free to download, and there will be one in-app purchase to get the content. Ah. So there is only... So it's... it's no nickel and diamond. I can't diming. even think of what the... Premium? It's, I can't even think yeah. of what the term would be. You pay once, yeah. it seems like. Interesting. So that's going to be in the show notes. That's, that's people sending that in to me. So thank you to all that did. Uh, who is this? And, good. I can't wait to look on the website and find out all the things that didn't get mentioned in the keynote. But as we've talked oh, about I before. Oh, I have a lot of that stuff. All right. Don't you worry. Okay. So the aluminium, uh, so the, the the Nike watch starts at 369, as do the aluminium Series 2 watches. Yeah. Uh, steel start at 549. These are obviously for the smaller ones. And ceramic starts at 1249. Then we have Series 1. So they took the old sport watch. They've put the new chips inside of it. Not the GPS, the new S2 chip. So yep. it's faster. They're selling it for 269 for the 38, 299 for the uh, 42. So I have two questions for you. 
Why are they still selling this product and why did they put the extra chip in it? Uh, wow. Because it kind of feels like those things go against each other right. in a weird way. Right. Well, obviously, I think they wanted to keep it around, right? They wanted to keep, uh, they wanted to be able to sell an Apple Watch for cheaper. And the initial concept for Apple is going to be, let's take the old model and sell it for cheaper. And then something happened, right, where they said, you know, we we could take we can just take the the new chip set, the new system on a chip and put it in that in that one and not do any of the waterproofing stuff and not put the GPS stuff in there, but just that and and uh, for the same price or whatever, something like that. So obviously they had that moment where they thought, you know, we can make it better. And maybe there's a benefit in terms of down the road. Um, I don't know, because it adds complexity. Now we've got the original Apple Watch and the Series 1, which are not the same, uh, at least in terms of speed. Uh, I don't know. It's it's fascinating. This is a surprise, right? That they would that they would lower the price and yet do something on the inside. It's not that different from what I initially thought they would do with the Apple Watch. I just didn't think it would be this long, where they did kind of just a slipstream, just, uh, the processor's faster now, but it's still the Apple Watch. Don't worry about it. And they waited until now to do it. But um, in the end, what they want is they want a, they want a cheap model that they can sell. And I think you could argue that without GPS and waterproofing, um, this is also your Apple Watch for people who don't care about fitness features as much, which I think is a, an audience. But with watchOS 3, they in theory have solved a lot of the problems. So why are they? Why did they put the extra... Do you mean like, why did they put that chip in it? Yeah, I... It, do, it kind of doesn't make sense. Like, if your reason was to have a cheaper watch down at the bottom... It probably would have been cheaper if you didn't do it. It's, it's confusing, right? Like, this is uh, uh, unprecedented, I think. I, I Yeah, I, I think they must have weighed, obviously, the cost of continuing to produce the old system on a chip or just use yeah. the, the yeah. new one and decided it was actually easier for all concerned to switch. And it may also be that uh, this is the model that they're going to sell. They may These two models... I mean, the Series 1 and Series 2, they may continue to sell both of these for another year or two. And I could see somebody making the argument of like, if we're not going to drop this because we want this to be our way in at 269 and 299 let's put at least put the processor in there because we're going to be selling this in a year and a half still. And, and, and we've learned so much from the old processor. Let's just... Let's just do it now. There could be something like that in there, but it is fascinating because it, it is that was a surprise. That was a real surprise for me. Shipping dates: uh, they're going to be shipping on the sixteenth. Pre-order on the ninth. Uh, are you going to get one of these? Oh, I don't know. I'm undecided. I'm definitely not going to pre-order one. Um, I expect I will get one at some point. I don't know if I will get it immediately i have no i mean the brightness is interesting but but you know i have no need for speed sounds better like great faster faster you know but, kind of what i want but we'll see we'll see how watch os i mean watch os 3 is is going to help out there too um and i look at this and i think do i want the sport features and the answer is no i don't swim mm-hmm. uh I, I don't need the the uh 30 meter diving <laughs> capability stuff i i just i don't need that and the gps i always run with the with my phone 
Um, I could see the value of maybe of of if it had data also of being able to leave my phone behind and still get messages yeah, and yeah. make calls. But right now it's just GPS, which again, if I was somebody who did stuff without my phone around using the watch, I would I again that would be a feature that I would want. But it's not it's not there. They, we know obviously there's going to be a. a an Apple Watch with cellular data, probably the next mm-hmm. one, in fact. But this is not that one. So my uh, my gut feeling is that no, I won't. But, you know, you never know. Never say never. Should we take a break? Yeah, good idea. This episode is also brought to you by Casper, the company focused on sleep that have created the perfect mattress that it sells directly to consumers, eliminating commission-driven inflated prices. Casper is and continues to and has revolutionized the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing those savings directly on to you. Casper's award-winning mattress was developed in-house. It has a sleek design and is delivered to you in an impossibly small box that's easier to get up the stairs than trying to, like, pivot to mattress around the corner. Very difficult to do. But Casper delivered to you in a little box and you open it up and you take it out of its bag and it just kind of breathes to life on your bed. It's kind of an amazing, amazing kind of magical thing to see. In addition to the mattress, Casper now also offer an adaptive pillow and soft, breathable sheets as well. Casper's team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing their mattress. It's obsessively engineered at a shockingly fair price. It comes with, it combines springy latex and supportive memory foam to create a mattress that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. Plus, its breathable design helps you to regulate your temperature throughout the night. Mattresses that you'll find in showrooms that you sit on for a couple of minutes, fully dressed, and decide if you want to sleep on forever, can typically cost you well over $1,500. But Casper mattresses cost $500 for a twin size, $600 for a twin XL, $750 for a full-size mattress, $850 for queen, and $950 for king. They are just flat-out great prices, and all of Casper's mattresses are made in America. Buying a Casper mattress is completely risk-free. You may think, buying a mattress online? That sounds like a crazy thing. I haven't had any time to know how it feels. Well, what if I told you that Casper will deliver it to you for free, and you can sleep on it for 100 nights before you decide if you want it? If you decide that you don't like it, they will. you can then return it for free. They will come and pick it up. If you're in the US and Canada, they will come to your home and just take it away again. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you every penny. It's kind of incredible. So you'll get the real experience of sleeping on this mattress before you commit. Casper understand this. They know you're going to be spending a third of your life on it. They want to make sure you've made the right decision. You can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by going to casper.com upgrade and using the code upgrade at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much to Casper for their continued support of this show. Right. So... The iPhone 7. Our good old friend, Mr. Phil Schiller, was back on stage. He was. He, he, he's back. He's back, everybody. And we have 10 major features for the iPhone 7. First up, what oh, yes. they call Top 10 list. N- new design, which is a stretch, but <laughs> we have a few things here. So, Jet Black, which is the high-gloss finish, is yes. new. Um, they have black, which is bead-blasted aluminium, gold, silver, and rose gold in the colors. We have a stainless steel Apple logo. The Jet Black, they showed a video for it, one of my favorite Apple product videos of all time, huh. because it just looked insane, yeah, stuff the, that they were doing. The, the machines, the, the various robot arms that yep. are being used to make those things. Yeah, that's crazy. And this, it was the most intense of Johnny Ive narration. 
Um, and I tell you one thing I really liked, Jason, the way that Journey explained this. And I wouldn't say that like I'm now like, oh, I don't need another design. But I, I really just adored his explanation. This is the most singular representation of this design. Like, I hear that and I hear a guy who wanted to perfect this design that they've now had over three iterations. Yeah. And they wanted to do everything they could now. I kind of like it to perfect it, right? So they've tried, especially with the jet black one, to kind of make it look like it's all one piece. Yes. Um, and how does that look, by the way? Does it look like it's all one piece? It does. It looks very nice. That's I, interesting. I think I just posted a tweet with a picture because I took some pictures when it was being, it was on like a little uh, floating on a little post. Uh, and yeah, it, it looks it looks good. I, I got to say... Um, as somebody who I, I loved the iPhone five black and, um, I am not sure which one of these I like more because the space gray, you know, it is a gray, it's not a black. And these are, um, these are both black iPhones and I, I do love the Darth Vader phone. So I'm intrigued by, I'm intrigued by those designs. Um, they moved by moving the antenna, you know, stripes to the to the very top. It does, um, if you're if you're not using a case, it does make it a lot less part of the personality of the phone. Which you know, the stripes across the the sides, it was like it was saying, "Look at me, I've got horizontal stripes," and now it's more kind of trying to hide them on just kind of the corners. But the black one. Uh, especially it, it's like it's you got to look you got to look closely they they tried very hard to hide them and there has been a, a a lot of talk about this online there is a um there are, there are people wondering kind of how the fingerprint and stuff will be and i've seen a few people talking about like this thing's like a fingerprint magnet because it's glossy but the more interesting thing is from uh, apple's kind of iPhone page and this is a, a little note that says the high gloss finish of the jet black iPhone 7 is achieved through a precision nine step anodization and polishing process its surface is equally as hard as any other anodized Apple products however its high shine may shown fine may show fine micro abrasions with use if you are concerned about this we suggest you use one of the many cases available to protect your phone mm. So there's a couple of things here. One, this thing is going to scratch and yep and such, right? You're gonna they're, they're basically saying that you're going to get have to get used to it. It's kind of funny to say like put it in a case. Like we made this beautiful black thing and you don't get to look at any of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. From me looking at this, uh, from looking at the pictures and kind of on Apple's site and of the the hands-on pictures, I think I'm going to go with the matte black. I think that looks cool. Look at that! What do you I'm, think of the matte black? I'm I, I'm intrigued by the matte black. I I think that would probably be more to my liking than the than yeah. the jet black. I do really like the jet black, but I think the matte black just edges out for me. I think I'm going to go with that one. Yeah. Okay, home button. Now they talk about the home button. The home button now is a is a force touch home button, and they mentioned this on stage and they mentioned this on the website. It says customizable. Hmm. Now, the only thing that I can kind of come to a conclusion with is they mean in the force that you need to press it. But that's what other customization is there. I don't think there's anything. But they kept saying, they said it on page, and yeah, cus customizable. 
is a phrase that they're using. And then they went on to talk about uh, the new generation tactic engine. We have uh, its new unique feedback. There's different. It now kind of like has a different feedback in different applications and at different uses. You get different types of tactic feedback. Yeah, but there's no reason for the home button change given. Well, they there said was, they, there was a lot of reason given for the for the headphone thing. Sol- the, the home button is just it's like solid yeah. state and what is but. I mean, yeah. I mean that was the that that's the implication. The implication is that it's to help with waterproofing and reliability and things like that. But hmm. yeah, yeah, it it was a little strange, and I did wonder about customizable and that that meant you could actually like change what the behavior is on the on the home button or not. And I don't know. It doesn't. None of the pages seem to indicate anything. Um, how does this feel? I've seen mixed reports from the media. Um, gonna take some getting used to. I would say I. Oh, so it feels different then. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It, it is not at all like a force touch trackpad where you click it and think, "Oh my god, I can't believe that it's not oh. moving." It oh, feels like it's moving, but it's not. No, it feels like the circle doesn't move, but there's a vibration behind it. Oh, I don't like the sound of this, Jason. Yeah, I don't I, like the sound of this. I mean, at all. and again, maybe. In maybe it's something you get used to, maybe so. I, I, I don't want to. Do <laughs> I don't want to. Well, well, or you hate it all. You always hate it, but you never get yeah. used to it. That's the alternative, right? But so it may be that it's just the the shock of having it versus the iPhone home button that I've been using since two thousand seven. Uh, maybe it's that the idea that I'm actually depressing it. Maybe maybe it's just the shock and you get used to it and you're like, oh no, this is actually pretty nice. That may be. But it was a shocker when I uh, when I tried it because it doesn't, it does not, like I said, I, I, I was impressed immediately at the illusion of movement, the illusion of clicking that I got from the Force Touch trackpad. And I was not tricked at all by this. It was not, it was just uh a circle that I pressed and it didn't go anywhere and there was a vibration, which is, you know, that's what it is. But I didn't feel like any sort of like, if I wasn't looking at the phone and I just pressed the home button, would I could have sworn that I, that I clicked down the home button? No, no, it's just, you push on this, on this force sensitive area and it vibrates a little bit. That's it. I'm not happy about the sound of this. Yeah. Because Sorry. I had to say like a couple of days ago, I remembered that I have the force touch, force touch trackpad because I'd completely forgotten because the Magic Trackpad 2 or whatever it's called, yeah. it works really, really well. And it's a shame that this doesn't feel too good. We've got water resistance, which is awesome. Um, dust resistance as well. Yeah, and we know that they had tried for those in dusty areas. Um, they, they, for those that... that uh have dropped their 6s in the water my sister-in-law did this she um she my dog jumped into a into a lake and she was concerned that the dog wasn't going to get out and the rest of us were sort of like waiting to see if the dog was going to get out but she just jumped right in and pulled the dog out which is great my dog's still alive it's fine um but she had her iphone in her pocket and the fact is um i i said well power it down and and we'll dry it out and all that but it was fine it was fine um, so the, the we knew that the 6S in some cases was, um, or some instances, not like a waterproof case, totally, some instances would be, you know, 
less inclined to die if you put it in water, but it wasn't a marketed thing. No claims were made. So we could investigate and take it apart and say, oh, this is what they're doing, but they're not there yet. This one, it's official. Like, this is the official, it's water-resistant, it's dust-resistant. If you drop it in the swimming pool and pick it back up, if you drop it in the toilet, guess what? It's not going to die. And that's, that's a big deal, because people drop phones in liquid all the time. I have never done it, but I know it's only a matter of time until I do. And so now I'm happy. Because now, like, I will do things that when I go to the beach, I won't mind, you know? Sure. I won't be worried. So it's great. Probably, I'm really happy probably about this. Probably sand resistant too. No, it's it's good. It's it's a good thing. This is this is the these are the frontiers of smartphone features that we don't talk about because we talk about processors and things like that. But um, water resistance and uh, visibility in bright sunlight and cutting down on glare. Um, these are among those and, and shatterability of the screen. Right. These are. The, the actual material science frontiers of smartphones, which is we've got this glass in our pocket. What are the, what are the things we don't want it to do? We don't want it to, to die if I drop it in water. We want it to survive a, a fall to a, to a hard floor. These, the, you know, this is what smartphone makers need to be working on. So it's good to see Apple getting the iPhone to be officially water resistant for the first time. Buckle in, everyone. It's time to talk about the camera. <sighs> Huge advancements here. Um, as Phil said, everything new. So I'm going to list a bunch of stuff, and I only understand some of it. Uh, optical image stabilization is now in both models, both the 7 and the 7 Plus. We have f1.8 aperture, uh, which is 50% more light, 12 megapixel sensor, 60% faster, 30% more energy efficient. A new True Tone Flash, it has four LEDs, it can emit 50% more light, and it has a flicker sensor, which compensates for artificial light when you're using video. There is a new signal processor inside of the camera, so what kind of like processes the photos, which uh, has 100 billion operations completed every time you take yeah. a photo, and it does this in 25 milliseconds. Yeah, this is one of those funny things where, and I think this comes up later when we're talking about the headphones, where it's not like Apple didn't used to have a signal processor. And it's not like it didn't perform billions of operations. So what we're what we're not being told here is how what happened on the success. Um, uh, so this one I thought was kind of funny because I get I get that it's new and it's more advanced and all of that, but we, there's no actual sense of scale of of how does this compare to what Apple did on the camera before. And my my guess is what that, they've done now is they hit something like a hundred billion or twenty five. Yeah. I mean they've hit a milestone number out of one of those two. Right, that makes it worth mentioning. Right, but if the old ISP, the old the old integrated signal processor, could do seventy five billion operations every time you took a photo in twenty eight milliseconds, then this is a lot less impressive, right? But they they chose yeah. to highlight it really because they want you to understand that software and uh, hardware, their the, their hardware design of their chips, and also their clever software software is part of this it's not all just in the camera body and so that's why they highlighted it here it's just funny because it, it would be very easy to report on something like this and saying oh apple talked about the signal processor so it's like yay apple's got this signal processor and it's like yeah cameras have that that's not a new invention by apple it may be very very advanced but they aren't really talking about what they did with their previous generation they just want to impress you that they're 
trust us, the hardware has lots of cool stuff in it. And it's been, I think, I want to say it's been two or three years since they talked about their um, signal processor at, at a, an iPhone event. Maybe it's been more recent than that. Improvements to live photos, including image stabilization, which is great. That's like the motion still stuff that Google was doing. And there are new editing tools that you can take advantage of as a user. And there's also an API for uh, live photo editing now, which I'm really, really happy about. Uh, I think that this is something long overdue, even though it's only a year old. But I really wanted this, so I'm happy to doing that. There is also uh, two new APIs, one for raw camera uh, images, so the images oh. taken in RAW, and one for wide color as well. So you can do stuff with the the new things that are doing with the camera there. Uh, the new, just a, a quick FYI, the new camera size may actually stop some cases from fitting. Be aware of that because the camera is bigger on the six. Interesting. I mean, obviously on the plus because it's completely different. But what, even though the 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 phones are the same size, the way that the cutouts are, like I'm looking at my my case here on my six plus, there's no way that lens would fit in there. Like if it's the same size cutout, because huh. the lens is much bigger. So you will probably need a new case, or just not take pictures. <laughs> That means not getting a new phone, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there is a 7-megapixel FaceTime HD camera on the front. It also has the wide color stuff. The API stuff is is good because what it's saying is, look, d- apps can use all this stuff. We're not going to hoard this into the, into the camera app. Um, and the wide color thing is just Apple's trying to get their, that new wider color gamut everywhere, every display. Maybe it's just me because I am I'm partially colorblind. I, I am not less impressed by some colors, but... I'm glad that they're very excited about this wide color. It will matter for some people. It's great that they're putting it everywhere. It will be more vibrant and able to show more colors than displays have previously shown. I, you know, I'm not sure how big a deal it is for most people. For some people, it's a big deal. For most people, is it a big deal? I don't know. But it, it's definitely an initiative at Apple. Like This is one of their transitions. Is they are going to do wide color everywhere on their devices, capture and display. And and uh, so good for them. But it it I was struck by how excited they were, especially since they're demoing wide color in ways that are not on a wide color display. Like, Just, like they even called that out, right? Yeah, it was that was that was kind of funny. Anyway, the plus. Let's talk about the plus club, Mike. Two 12 megapixel cameras, one wide angle, one telephoto. It creates a new zoom fi- feature. Primarily, you can get optical zoom at two x. And they have a four times better software zoom, which can get you up to 10x software zoom. Yeah. And they also showed a sneak peek of a new feature. This is something that is obviously very technically difficult because they couldn't get it ready in time. Shallow depth of field, um, which is known as Bokeh, B-O-K-E-H. What Apple are doing here is they're using machine learning to recognize people in photos and then blurring the background behind them. This is, it seems for the time being, this is only for people. It's a new option called Portrait in the camera app. And you can even see the shallow depth of field effect before you take the photos. So yeah. It's happening live, which is really cool. Um, and this is coming later this year for iPhone 7 Plus uh, owners. Okay. It seems really, really interesting. I, I think this looks great. I'm happy to get a better zoom um, because there are times where I need it, but I never use it because I know that the zoom just kind of produces not great photos. Like if I ever want a zoom, I just take a photo and then crop it because right. it's basically all it's doing, but I'm just doing it after the fact. 
Um, so I'm really happy to see this. I'm really happy there's going to be a zoom. I mean, look, I'm going for the plus anyway, and now I'm going to be getting better camera things. And this portrait thing, it looks, it looks kind of cool. I want to take photos that look like that. And I don't have the skills or the equipment to do that. Um, so I'm happy that my oven will do it for me because my portraits are going to look better. Yeah, I mean, the, the idea was on, on all existing iPhones, you can't do anything. You can digital zoom, but the, the field of view is the field of view. And now there's two fields of view. There's a 1X and a 2X. And the 2X is the telephoto lens. So when you, when you tap to zoom from 1X to 2X, it's just switching from A to B. Um, and then above that point all the zoom that's happening is it's still, it's essentially still a five X digital zoom that Apple has decided that five X is where it breaks down and, and they don't want you to zoom anymore. But the five X digital zoom is now happening on the telephoto lens, which they've defined as two X because it zoomed in twice as far as the wide angle lens. Therefore it's now got a 10 X zoom. That's the math of it. Um, and what's not happening here is Apple's not using fancy software to interpolate between one one camera or the other. There's the one camera that is at 1x and there's the other camera that's at 2x. And it switches yep. between them and that's it. That's all that's happening there. And the, the shallow depth of field feature is one where they are using both of those. They're using the spacing of those two to be able to detect the depth it's doing depth perception and then based on that it's figuring out um the background what's what's far off in the background and who are the people in the foreground um, which is clever but even there what it's not doing is like calculating out and something that makes a picture with a a, a depth of field with a shallow depth of field there it's not like camera one is looking at the people and focusing on them uh and camera two is purposefully not focusing on the background in order to make it blurry or you know none, none of that is happening it's literally using the depth perception to detect the people and then using its powerful signal processing stuff blurring the background so it's a it's a bokeh but it's fake it's fake bokeh. It's not uh, the result of optics in the cameras. It's the result of a, a live calculated blur effect, which I think is a little bit weird. Although in the end, if you can't tell and it makes a pretty picture, then I guess it's fine. But it does seem a little bit weird that all it's what it's really doing is just fuzzing the background out live from a clear mm -hmm. from a clear shot. That's what See, it's doing. I I don't care how like camera people see it like uh, when i was looking at those photos i was like i want that feature that's a feature i want because i don't have a camera that does it i have one i want to take pictures like sure. that because i see all my friends with their fancy cameras do it i and i but i don't want to buy a camera right now so like as long as it's good enough and i like the way it looks i'm happy so this is a feature that i want this is a feature i hope that they would do maybe they haven't implemented it in the way that a lot of camera people wanted it but it's given me what i want so I'm excited about it. Yeah, it's just it's it's th that's exactly what it is. Actually, it's this is a, an effect that you really like from big cameras. And how do we yeah. do that on here? And the answer is, well, we cheat. We yeah. <laughs> we because it's the only way you yeah. can do it, right? Surely, like you can't actually do this 
with cameras that are going right. into smartphones somebody, right now. Somebody asked, could you shoot 3D with this? And it's like, I don't know if the API would allow it, but theoretically you could shoot very mild 3D because those two cameras are pretty close together. Theoretically, I suppose you could. Um, I, I, I wanted to stop for a second though, because, okay, so they've got this new, this new phone, the Plus, that's got two cameras on the back. And the two cameras, as far as we can tell, those that, that having two cameras back there has two features. Two features that exploit the brand new hardware and the brand new iPhone. One of them is you can toggle between camera one and camera two. Okay, that's good because that's the whole point is there's a wide angle on a telephoto. Great. The other feature is, and, and it was even on like the invitation, is this bokeh feature. The idea that we're going to be able to use this to do some detection that's really smart so that we can get this feature that looks like it's on a, done by a fancy camera, but it was actually done in your iPhone. Okay. Great. That'll really show off our new hardware. Can you remember the last time a piece of uh, software that was destined for the operating system and designed to highlight a brand new piece of key Apple hardware wasn't ready? No, this doesn't happen. I am amazed by this because this is this is embarrassing. This is this is the thing is this is embarrassing. We wouldn't know about it. That's the thing. I'm sure there have been many times where things haven't made it, but we just never find out about it. And then you do it this time. They've told us because they can't. They have to. That you make an announcement in November and say, "Hey, look, we actually added this cool new uh, bokeh feature to our uh, to the the plus because it's got that camera back there, and we figured out some other clever thing that you can do." But instead, it's like we'll show it to you, but it's totally not ready. It's not a beta that we're going to be shipping to you. It's just not going to be in the software. And then later this year, we'll ship it to you. And I, I just. I'm amazed by that because this is one of those areas that you would think Apple would insist on being totally locked down is any of those features that are key to the launch of a new iPhone model would be available when the phone shipped in the new version of the operating system. And so for them to come out on stage and do all these demos and then say it's not done, um, you know, I don't know. It's it's. I wonder what the story is behind that. Uh, on one level, it's definitely Apple playing by a new playbook where they seem to be kind of okay with it. On a uh, and like you know, we can be different. We can we can forward promote uh, software updates that'll be coming later. On the other hand, I would say um, it's sh- a shocking divergence from the level yep. of uh, apparent product discipline that Apple has had over the years, which is the products that the, the, the software that shows off our hardware is solid and ships with the hardware and isn't promised I think for this later. Was just too fancy and cool a feature to not show off because it shows off the cameras like to people like me who would really love that but they for whatever reason were just not happy with what, what they had with it at this point so it's coming later so yeah it is completely unprecedented but it's weird yeah i just it's you know, it's it's like saying we have this new live photos thing. It doesn't it look great. It'll be out in December. You'll get it by yeah. the holidays, right? It's just it's really weird because, like you said, it's not like Apple has missed features. It hasn't missed features in the past. It's that they don't talk about them, and then they ship them later. Um, yep. But the, so that it just it struck me because that's like there's always stuff that gets held back that you don't see in the iOS beta in WWDC because it's a, a, a contingent on new hardware. And here it is, and it's not ready. It's just, it's it's not something I've seen before that I can remember from Apple. 
So, should we move on? We're only halfway through the... Uh, the. <laughs> let's keep... Yeah, yeah, let's move on to number five. <laughs> Display. Wider color gamut. Yep, there 25% it is. 25% brighter. New color management. They didn't mention True Tone. Do you know if it has it? I don't know. I assume that they, they did. didn't mention it. I assume it doesn't since they didn't mention it, but I don't know. Yep. Uh, then we move on to audio. Stereo speakers on the iPhone. Twice the volume. It's now in stereo. Um, I've seen a couple of people ask this if there's something, you know, is the case going to case is going to block them off from what I can see in something that I saw Dan Warren tweet earlier. The speaker is actually the earpiece. The speaker is actually the earpiece. Yeah. So what you put your ear to, that's the second speaker. Huh? It's there. Interesting. Yeah. Not, not coming out of the top, but just sort of coming, out, coming of out of the top, top area. Exactly. Huh. It's weird, huh? It's a good use. I mean, having stereo, having having so that if you're watching a movie that you get it coming out sort of left and left and right in a stereo sound field is a good it's a good feature. They should do that. I'm glad they did it. So I'm happy because I listen to podcasts on my phone. I've been listening to them more on my iPad because it's louder and clearer. So now stereo speakers will give me that on my iPhone as well. They called seven earpods because this was where they take away the headphone jack from us. Yes. Um, so let me give some of the setup. The most popular headphones in the world makes total sense. Apple's headphones are the most popular headphones in the world, the earpods, because so many hundreds of millions of devices are in use with these things. They basically said, we're moving to lightning. Digital audio, it can provide power for things like noise cancelling. They showed this stuff on stage. Then they said, we're going to put Lightning earpods in the box. We're going to put an adapter in the box. And they just showed this on stage. Like, it's going to be in there in case yeah. you've got your stuff and you want to use it. This adapter costs $9. You can buy it separately. Yeah, I, I was surprised by that, but I was surprised that it was in the box too. So I, I was sort of thinking um, $19 if they're, if they're a little bit sorry, $29 if they're not sorry. And in the box, if they think, oh, geez, people are going to be mad, let's just put it in the box. Well, that's what they did. And so it's not, and I guess the, the, the standalone price then is $9 <laughs> for the, yep. oh, geez, let's put it in the box for free. Or you can buy, um, somebody was suggesting just, you know, buy a bunch of them and tape them to all of your old headphones. <laughs> and I so, guess you so just right? never, you just never lose them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we haven't had time to look at this because it just published like half an hour ago, but uh, John Pakskowski of BuzzFeed has uh, an inside kind of conversation stuff with Greg Josiak about why they did this. The removing of the headphone jack. Well, so I'll put that in the show notes. I, look, I don't know what it says yet. I look but. forward to reading that. Why did we do this? Courage. <laughs> sure. I mean, okay. So the idea being that maintaining the old connector is not feasible for them going forward they have a vision for what the future should be and they're courageous so that's why they 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 did it i really don't like the courage thing i think it's a stupid word to use yeah uh, i think they could have said this in different ways that didn't paint them in such like a look how much of a hero we are like they could have just said why do we do this because we look to the future says the same thing yeah. in a not so ridiculous way yeah i um I get what they're. This is every now and then they Apple does something like this where it's like I get what they're saying. I don't love how they said it. They're so yeah, oh, yeah. or or to quote a line from The Force Awakens, "You must be so brave." I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's it's 
it's fine. I I, I get they they gave th- their three examples why right. It wasn't just courage. It was there's other there, there's not a lot of space inside that phone, and that mm-hmm. uh, that jack takes up space, and we wanna. We want to use that space for something else, which again, it's not a lot of space, but it's true. It takes up a lot of space in there. And, you know, I thought it was an an interesting way for them to explain it. Um, it did in the end, the courage one, what that really means is, hey, we're Apple. We like, you know, we like being the one company that has uh, the ability to just eject existing technology and be incompatible and figure everybody will follow us and figure it out. And we've done that time and time again. And this is, this is no different. Is that courage? I wouldn't say so. I think it's something maybe a little bit different from courage, but it is Apple's way of saying we, we're just going to go ahead and do this and, and it's the right thing to do in the long run. And we're going to just do it now and everybody will, will deal with it. Because one thing I I can roll my eyes at at some of Apple's excuses and I will, but what I will say is there's no, somebody was um, asking me on Twitter over the weekend. They, they said, um, but in two years, it's not going to matter. And I said, well, of course, in two years, it's not going to matter. But that's because this is Apple that's doing it. Like, Apple has the power to make this not matter in two years. What Apple does, I mean, Apple could do a lot of stuff that would have huge effects on everybody and move technology in different directions because it's Apple and the iPhone is a huge product. So, and they've done it before with other technologies too, where they've said, we're going to embrace this. And everybody else is like, oh, I guess we should embrace it too. So that's what's going on here. Um, they do have a vision, and this goes into something that I was wondering if they would do, which is to they 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 had addressed the headphone thing a little bit more than I thought they would, but in the end, it was also all about the quick pivot to look at this awesome new wireless thing that we built, um, which is again not really an excuse because you could build wireless headphones and still have a headphone jack, but it is thematically linked and it gets you off Mm -hmm. the subject of taking something away from consumers and on the subject of a new product you want to sell to them, which is what they did with number eight. AirPods. Nobody has tried to fix the problems of wireless audio. Now Apple say that they have. These are untethered (laughs) earbuds. It has a new W1 chip inside of it, gonna run out of letters. which Apple says will give them a consistent connection. IR sensors detect when the AirPods are in your ears, yep. which is kind of cool. And it, the, the the audio will pause if you take them out. Um, I, I guess if you take one out, I don't know. Maybe. I can, That's I can, cool. I I like can tell you. I use them, so I can tell you all about it. Let me go through this, and then I want to know what you think. Mm-hmm. Accelerometers recognize a double tap for Siri. I assume also to stop and, and play Paul's music, maybe, hopefully. Five hours on a charge. They come in a case that gives it 24 hours of charge, so the case is basically a battery. Apple says, incredible sound and magical experience. To connect the uh, AirPods to your iPhone, you just open the case near it, and a little UI pops up, and you just say connect. What do you think of them? I think um okay I really don't like that non tether that's my feeling so so I can tell let me tell you a little bit about it so so it's got a uh it's got this little case cute little case with a lightning plug on the bottom with a female lightning jack on the bottom uh that is twenty four hours of charge right so it's a battery case and they live in there and they'll charge in there, which means that if they run out after five hours they uh you can pop them in there and after i think like a minute or two, they've got several hours of charge transferred. How little is the little case? Is it pocketable? 
Yes. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's and it's got a little flip top, and they nestle down in it, and uh, and when you flip the top next to the phone, it does. Uh, I took some pictures of this. It uh, it does a uh, a pairing request, and the the software on the on the phone is set up so that it um, recognizes that pairing request, and it's just it pairs them. So the act of opening the box next to the phone lets you say, "Oh, do you want to pair these?" And you say yes, and that's it, and they're and they're paired. And at that point, theoretically, they now sync that pairing via iCloud, and all your other Macs and uh, iPads will also see them because they fundamentally they do use Bluetooth, um, and they will work with them too. And they'll show up as AirPods, and you can select them as an audio source and 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 play. So that's interesting. When you get them out of there, they're um, they're they're a little bit funny looking because they're um, they're earbuds. They they look like earpods, um, and they've got the extended. They've got sort of extended um, extended beams. Stem. Yeah, stems. Exactly right. Uh, and that's partially for that's where the battery is and the antenna is. It's also where the microphone is, I believe, because again, these are for an iPhone, which means you need to be able to talk as well. Um, when you put one in your ear, um, it switches inputs on your phone and plays the audio in your ear. And if you put the other one in your ear, it plays it in stereo. And then if you take one of them out, it pauses the music, figuring you're taking one of your earbuds out of your ear because you're trying to hear what somebody is saying, which is also very clever. And if you take both of them out, it disconnects from the phone and the audio source goes back to the phone instantly, which is very clever. It's it's all very clever. And this is what happens when one company builds all the hardware and all the software is you can do stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it feels kind of magical. They're not wrong that it, that it feels kind of magical. Now, I don't think that, that the ear pods are particularly comfortable in my ears. Um, it was a very loud room, so I can't tell you how they sound. Um, some people are kind of outraged by the fact that they, uh, that they cost 150 bucks. The Jaybird Bluebud X2, which are sort of considered good Bluetooth running headphones. I have a pair of those. Those cost 150 bucks. So it seems to be um, not cheap, but also not necessarily out of line for a pair of wireless earbuds. I don't know how I feel about these. I, I really don't like that there's no tether. I feel like I would lose one. <laughs> yeah, people are going to lose them. Absolutely. And I'm unclear on if there's any... Uh, you know, any any find my... <laughs> find my earbud feature but it's too late like at any point that i lose one of these when i'm out and about it's gone that's true i i feel like this is i don't know i don't it looks like all the technology is cool and i like it for that but yeah and it it, really that 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 case doesn't really fix my problem so much like i don't know 24 hours of battery life okay that's kind of cool i guess i could charge it again but i'm charging something else i'm plugging something else into charge yep what i wanted was like you know we spoke about this before like i want these on a tether that has some kind of lightning port on it somewhere and i can just charge it from my iphone this is not the product i'm never charging something again this is not the product for you then no, I, I really don't think it's it not is. the product I for really me either. Because, is. like I said, I just no. don't find that I don't find that the that earbud design. Um, uh, it's yeah, it, it it doesn't work for me. It doesn't sit right. I'm in probably my ears, just so. gonna stick with my Lightning AirPods. To be honest, uh, there are a new a bunch of Beats 
headphones that have the W1 chip in them. Solo 3 wireless, these are over the ears, 40 hours or on the ears. Powerbeats 3 wireless, which are the, uh, that's 40 hours of charge, I should say. The Powerbeats 3 wireless is the, um, the, the, the workout ones that they have. And then Beats X, which are apparently uh, affordable and light. And the affordableness is $150. Is that well? What are the what are the AirPods cost then? One seventy five, something like that. Oh, uh, I've lost. Or maybe now. or maybe I read that. Incorrect. I think no. Uh, AirPods are one fifty nine. All right. So I don't know if Beats X is that. Then, if that that would be weird mm. if they're affordable and only uh, only nine dollars cheaper. <laughs> well, they might mean affordable for Beats. Oh, that's true. Oh well. There's lots of lots of uh, yeah. Beats X are one forty nine ninety five. Wow, that's funny. And, and they have a cable. And you think Apple's headphones are expensive? Well, um, try Apple's other headphone brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> again there are cheaper options than all of these things. But it's interesting that Apple is now um, using technology in Beats that's also in the Apple stuff. That's very interesting because I doubt they will be licensing. The W1 to other vendors, although, you know, you never know, but it seems unlikely. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, the AirPods are exactly the kind of product I'd expect from Apple, right? Without that, without that cable connecting them, because that's the first thing that when I got my wireless earbuds, that I, the, the Jaybird earbuds, I took it out of the box. I'm like, hey, they're wireless. And the bulk of the, of the product is a wire because they're still connected to each other. That makes it a much, harder product to lose like you said um this is absolutely the apple way though which is it's just two little two little white earbuds you stick them in your ears and there's magic things that happen sounds sounds like apple but i don't think i i I, for me the question is since i use in-ear stuff um would i right now i'm just i'm using those blue buds and i might continue to use that for a while they're not the most comfortable either for me so because i'm spoiled now because i have custom custom inserts and uh we'll see but yeah also uh, uh maybe a nine dollar adapters in my future who knows apple pay 90 percent of contactless payments are in the u.s with apple pay now which is just a nice statistic and they're adding the felica yep chip standard for japan yeah and and it's unclear to me and again i'm only going on what they said I thought it was very specifically worded that the chip that is for the, that NFC standard it will be available in iPhones sold in Japan, I believe is what they said, which makes me think maybe not anywhere else in the world. Maybe there will be a special Japanese iPhone that has that chip and that it's not available anywhere else. I don't know. So Kyle's the gray is telling me in the chat room that the Beats X, they actually have a, a lightning cable, he said, but... The problem with those headphones, they go in ear. I can't do in ear. Oh yeah, no, that's that's the stuff. That's a shame. But yeah, okay, I, yeah, I don't know about the 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 uh, that chip, but it's cool that they're doing it. Uh, then ten, feature number ten, final feature, <sighs> the A10 Fusion chip performance. This is all it's about. It's four core CPU, two cores are forty percent faster than the A9, twice as fast as the A8. The GPU is 50% faster than the A9, and this is the longest battery life in an iPhone. Two more hours if you're coming from a 6S. 
one more hour if you're coming from a 6S Plus. Yeah, so one of the one of the things that they've done here is with this four-core CPU is what, what it really is is they've got two fast cores and two battery-saving cores. And they've got a... They've got a, a, a some software that, or actually, I think it's in the hardware that makes some determinations about what um, what it needs at any time. Do I need more performance, or am I okay on performance and I want to save power? And so, one of the ways that the battery life gets extended is that it's not like it's burning four four processor cores all the time. What it's doing is it's deciding whether to use the super powerful cores or the uh, energy sipping cores, and it switches as need be, which is a very clever design. And um, so I think that's interesting. And then I will also throw out there that they, they, uh, they put up that, um, they put up that chart again, that they've done the last two years where they show the almost uh, it's not quite exponential, but the dramatic speed increases that Apple continues to make on these processors. And a couple of years ago, they did a, they did a step where we thought that they were slowing down. And since then they have not slowed down at all. And this is the case of another speed boost, but I think it's interesting that they also talked about the a eight. And that's something that we've talked about on the show before, which is most people who buy a new iPhone and this, there are some people especially people who listen to this show who might buy one every year. Most people don't buy a new iPhone every year. They're buying one every two years or every three years. Probably that's the majority is two. And then three is a a pretty good number and one is a pretty good number. And then it goes from there. So when you say it's 40% faster than last year's model, that's relevant in terms of, you know, how much, how much work did you do in the last year to make your iPhone faster? But for most people upgrading, they're going to be upgrading from two years ago. And for that, the message is even clearer. It's like, it's twice as fast as that phone that you bought two years ago that you're now ready to turn in and get a new phone. So I think that's interesting. And, um, on the battery life side, because they've got that, um, the switchable cores along with presumably a lot of other stuff, this is, uh, it goes back to what Stephen Hackett and I, uh, did a did we did the chart and the story about Apple's various power claims over time and this is really interesting because this is Apple making um greater battery life claims than it's done before on the on the iPhone and that is you know they they it's not as if the capacity of the battery has 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 uh, not changed over time because they use more power and then they also put in more battery, more efficient battery. And it, it's the battle of like more power for these features, but more efficient processor here and more battery here and and then less battery because we've got uh, a thinner phone. And it, 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 there's complex variables at work here. But the bottom line is Apple's claimed battery life on these models is more than it was before. That's kind of a big deal. Um, I wonder what it'll be like in in practice. I, I imagine that you can really kill the battery life if you crank up, you know, you're running apps that kill the processor that use those two high performance processor cores. That'll probably hurt. But um, but still, it's exciting to to see Apple extend the the battery claims here. If you're in the US, the 7 costs the same as the 6S. It starts at 649 with 32, 128, and 256 gigabyte options. The Jet Black is in 128 and 256 only. There's your black tax right think, there. Yeah, I think it's I think it's yield issues. I think they just can't make enough of these things. Could be. Uh, iPhone 6S is at 32 gigabytes and 128 gigabytes now. The iPhone upgrade program is now available in the UK and China. Yeah. You can pre-order on the 9th, going on sale on the 16th. iOS 10 released on the 13th. AirPods are in late October for $150. So are you going to do the iPhone upgrade program? 
I took a look at it, and at £45 a month, I don't think I'm going to. I think I'm just going to buy outright. No. Makes sense. Cause you're, you're, because it was always just going to be a business expense anyway. Um, I may as well just buy it outright, I think. Yeah, no, we, and we should talk about the, 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 the prices, but I think that's an ask upgrade question, so I guess we'll get there. But So yeah, we've got some dates now that pre-order happens Friday. They're going to go on sale a week from Friday. iOS 10 is shipping middle of next week. Um, and, and that's uh, yeah, Tuesday. So Federico Vitici, be warned. Get that iOS 10 review ready. For September 13th. I have been receiving many iMessages from Federico asking for my request, uh, his, his request to help me to help him with screenshots. Oh, nice. So I think he's working very hard yeah, right now. that's good. You want to know how many words of my iOS 10 review I've read, I've written, uh, Mike? One. Uh, lower. <laughs> <laughs> half. <laughs> yep, half a word. There's a couple letters. Nice. But it isn't actually, nice. it's just like a B and a Q and it doesn't spell anything, so. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking I'm That's I'm a really bad start. I'm rethinking the Q. I'm thinking I might go with a W, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Mm. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. Start building your own website today at squarespace.com and use the offer code upgrade at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Maybe you've been working on your iOS 10 review and you need somewhere to post it. Squarespace could be the answer. They give you everything you need. They put all the power you need into your hands. They take away the things you don't want to have to worry about. With Squarespace's easy-to-use tools and templates, you can capture every detail of what drives you because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology to ensure security and stability, and you can build a site that looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level with no coding experience required. They have beautiful templates that feature responsive design to make your site look great on all sizes of device and with 24 7 support with live chat and email a commerce platform rock solid fast hosting and so much more including their cover page functionality to build great looking single page websites they could be and should be the answer for your next project this is why they are trusted by millions of people around the world if you want to stretch squarespace even further you can check out their dev platform which lets you dig into the code and tinker to your hearts to into your Heart's Delight, I think, is a phrase that I'm going to use there. And if you sign up for a year, you also get a free domain name, allowing you to give your site whatever name you want it to have. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month. You can sign up for a free trial today with no credit card required and start booting your own website straight away by going to squarespace.com. And you can get yourself a lovely 10% off your first purchase by using the offer code UPGRADE at checkout. And also show your support for this show. Thank you so much to Squarespace for their continued support of the Upgrade Podcast and Relay FM. It is time for some uh, event-focused Ask Ooh. Upgrade. Wow! <laughs> Jeff wants to know <laughs> An explosion. How, it's the, the the extra event explosion. Uh, uh, how slippery is Jet Black? I I can't tell. I I did not hold a Jet Black phone in my hand long enough to tell mm -hmm. anything about that so i don't know basically it didn't jump out at you i'd imagine so. that they're all slippery yeah. right i mean the existing people want to know if it's more slippery or less slippery though well, that's the key i don't think it's going to be less how could it be yeah i i don't think it's gonna be less slippery than the six or the success this is a slippery phone design anyway so the beyond that i i don't i don't know it's too early to tell i haven't had a chance alex wants to know 
Do you know, Jason, if apps and developers can take advantage of the dual learn software? I my guess is no. My guess is that you'll be able to use a Zoom API, and when you get to two X, it flips cameras, and there may even be an API to say sort of like you know go from number one to number two. I don't think. I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't know beyond that. It's possible that they will have an API for you to do like a three D capture or something like that. Um, they you know they don't talk about developer APIs at these events, so. My guess is it will probably just come through standard kind of camera APIs that you'll, it'll do the right thing, but I don't know that for sure. Will wants to know how he will be able to charge while using, using his nice third-party Grado headphones. My question to Will is, how will you charge using any wired headphones? I think the answer is you won't. Uh, right? Well, or, I mean, I thought Apple might do it, but apparently they haven't. I'm sure somebody will come up with uh, an adapter that's very much like sure. like the old um, the, like the Griffin Eye Trip or things like that, where mm-hmm. it's a it's a headphone jack and power adapter that will be more than nine dollars. But that, but as of now there is nothing. Though. But as of now there is nothing. Yep. Jeff wants to know: Do the iPhone Seven support True Tone? Jeff, we do not know. As far as we can Doesn't tell, seem like it. As far as we can tell, no. Brando is interested in finding out, will Lightning headphones work with iPads and older iPhones? The compatibility on Apple's site says that, yes, they will. says that, that the, the wired Lightning headphones will work with the older models? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's got all of the all of the iOS devices, even like the 5C. So does that mean that there. they're doing it digitally, that, that they've got a DAC in the, in the headphones or in the plug? Uh, that's what it would seem to indicate right because we we knew that because i believe there's no audio analog audio out on old lightning i think that was the the story there so there'll have to be more investigation there but if the compatibility says that that that's very interesting that you would just be able to use it with with an ipad or whatever and airpods absolutely is compatible like i said it'll work with macs it'll work with ipads it is uh it will you know the software will make it show up as an airpod but um, it is basically Bluetooth that it's using to do the yeah. connection. Basically, looking again, if it has a lightning connector, AirPods will work. Uh, the AirPods with lightning connector will work. Yeah. So, interesting. There you go. Um, Luke wants to know: uh, Would you buy an original Apple Watch or or get the Series One? Does the upgraded CPU make that much of a difference? So, I guess Luke is maybe you know you can find some deals online for the original Apple mm. Watch. Um, I mean, we don't know. We don't know, right? I mean, yeah. It depends how much of a discount you're going to get. Like, if this is a serious discount, go for it. But otherwise, like, it starts at two six nine. You know, I don't know how much more of a discount you're going to get. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, there may be. I, I would say that there there probably will be a secondary market for the original Apple Watch from the people who really do want this new one, and that um, with WatchOS three, we'll, let's see what people say. But it may be that. Um, that the that getting a used original Apple Watch, if you're on a tight budget, might be the way to go and and uh, and use that for a while because WatchOS three will make it more usable and yeah yeah that might be because because yes the Series one is going to be cheaper but you're also going to have used originals that will be even cheaper. Nick has asked, what is the deal with the ridiculous UK price rises? For example, Plus went from 699 last year to 819 this year. Brexit 
weaker pound, VAT. That is your trifecta right there. <laughs> so our prices are always higher because 20% is whack right on, right? It's in the price. It's not like in the US where sales tax is added afterwards. It's in the price that you see because everybody knows it's 20% no matter where you are in the country. Right, but that was the case last year when it was 699 pounds. Yeah, but I said like that it's always worth remembering yeah. that the VAT is there. Um, I don't know if it was six ninety nine to eight nineteen. I'm just going on on these figures that have just been given to me from Nick. Uh, but yeah, the the problem is we have a weaker pound, and the weaker pound from Brexit means that the dollar and the pound are way closer to each other. Apple has changed their prices, and I would assume they're also casting forward for the future in case it gets to one to one, right? Because you never know. So now it is effectively one to one. I remember many moons ago when the pound was very strong against the dollar that this was basically what it was like anyway. Um, and then Apple adjusted their prices to become more fair over time. Um, and we were getting decent deals. But now that is not the case. You know, I, I will be paying quite a lot of money to get myself one of these iPhones and it is going to hurt but what am I going to do right so I'm taking a look now right so I'm looking on the US site and I'm going to the the 6 plus okay so I'm going to the black one here so let me bring it up so I can give you what the prices are so I can pick up a 128 for $869 or 819 pounds now 819 pounds in dollars today is $1,092. Ha! So, yeah. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is this is just what we're going to have to do. Can you, buy, for the can you buy, so, buy an iPhone when you're in America and take it home? Then I won't be out. I'll be, I'll be home again. No. Yeah. I would have done that. That's what I would have done. So, I, what I recommend is that everybody um, send a bill for 120 pounds to Boris Johnson. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he'll pay all that. I'm sure. And as well as everybody asking about the Max, Jason, everybody asked about the iPad as well. No news on the iPad today. I don't think we're going to get anything this year. Well, no news on stage. There was some some storage and pricing stuff that was announced. So the base storage for all iPads now is 32 gigabytes, no more 16s. The Mini 2 is now 32 gigabytes only. Um, the Mini 4 is no longer sold with 64 gigabytes. And the Mini 4 and the Air 2 now have a 128 gigabyte option for $100 above the base price. Hmm. The 128 gigabyte Pro is now $50 cheaper, and the 256 gigabyte Pros are now $100 cheaper. Hmm. So they did some pricing changes and some storage changes today. Going into the holidays. If that wants to give you any more indication that there won't be any more iPad news this year, that's it. No, that's that's right. Like that's if it. you are holding out hope for iPad news, mm-hmm. iPad releases this year, that for me has proven that you're not going to get it. Well, and I mean, we we heard through the grapevine at WWDC that this was the plan that that yeah. that iPad would be a spring thing that the the mm-hmm. you know start. The 9.7-inch iPad Pro announcement was sort of the start of a new cycle where iPads will get updated in the spring and uh, hopefully maybe an iOS update as well to add some other iPad features, but not today. Um, and I, I, yeah, I wouldn't expect we'd hear anything more about the iPad. That was it. That was their, that was their positioning for the holidays right there. So that's it, Jason Snell. We got through another we one. We did. How was the event? How Overall, how did it feel? 
Uh, Is it fun? Yeah, you know, it's always stressful. <laughs> it's always stressful. <laughs> and this one yeah. was this one was strange because it was um, the hands-on area was a little peculiar because it was mostly show, showing off um, the AirPods. I would say more than anything else. Even the, like the phones were there, but the AirPods were there, and there were there were people with like little trays mm. full of uh, AirPods because they didn't want to have multiple people using the same set of of earbuds so they would like once one person would use one set and then those were taken away and new sets were brought out um so it was a lot about that and a little bit less about the phone and a little bit less about the watch which i thought was kind of interesting they were there there was a watch station there was a phone station there but it was just um i don't know it was uh it was a little bit uh a little bit strange it was not because last year there was also the apple tv which which wasn't part of this announcement at all glad i didn't pick that in the draft. So, I don't know. It was fine. It's Bill Graham Civic Auditorium. It's a big venue. It was very nicely done. It's once again the hottest day of the year. Uh, I don't know Apple's luck in doing these events in early September where they get these incredibly hot Bay Area days. And that's not a... It was, uh, you know, they, they have to pipe in air conditioning and stuff like that. It's kind of funny. Uh, and I anticipate that this is the last probably the last big event that we'll have that isn't on the Apple campus. But the, who knows? They might do something big in the in the spring before they're ready depending on when they're ready to open it so it was fine i saw a lot of interesting people saw mark german the uh the uh uh, i was so excited to see that german got in yeah he was there right and uh he can't be denied now he works for bloomberg Bloomberg. well that's what i said to somebody (laughs) is like he's the lead apple writer essentially for bloomberg how are you going to deny him and he's doing his job and yep. you're, you know, whoever is giving him information is not doing theirs. So uh, the fact is, that's your problem, Steve, not his. Steve Jobs and Katie Cotton would have made it personal and would have tried to use their power to punish him. But uh, the today's Apple is uh, kind of not worried about that. And so Mark Gurman was there, along with um, a bunch of other, you know, fun people to see: John Gruber, John, uh, Jim Dalrymple, Serenity Caldwell, Renee Ritchie. I get to see all those people. Uh, sat next to Horace Deju, so that was that was kind of fun. Um, I got to see him working on his trademark charts in numbers on his laptop as we sat there. That was pretty awesome. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's fun. And then you get into it. There's a lot of anticipation um, about the event, about the work that comes out of the event. Because once I'm done with this, I'm going to start writing things and, you know, all sorts of other stuff is going to go on. But uh, this is also the high season. It's like the most important day maybe on the apple calendar and the most important week and probably the most important month i mean this is when everything is going on so all of that all that is good people always ask how how, what do you feel about the event how is the event can you score it i don't know if i can score it this was a little lower key um i thought the pacing was a little bit weird i thought the apple watch the pacing really slowed down and then phil schiller came out there and i thought that he was kind of like uh blowing through those those numbers of the top 10 list um and that that felt a little bit different from usual. Three game demos strikes me as being too many game demos, but they wanted to... Uh, th- I understand why they wanted to showcase everything they did. Um, even the, you know, Wizard of Oz yeah, the, the first demo. two game demos were not really game demos for the sake of game demos. Yes, exactly. They were different things. Yeah, exactly. And then the third one was a more traditional game demo, which was show... Let's, let's show you this new game that really um, makes our GPU look great. The first one was like, of course you're going to give them the time on stage. You'd be crazy not to. Yeah. Um, the, you know, because Apple may, they, again, like just to go back on what I was saying earlier, I don't think they necessarily got a cut, but Apple may have paid them for console exclusivity. Yeah, you know, um, 
if if you can get Miyamoto on stage, and if you can, uh, honestly, and and Pokemon Go is going to come up on stage, y- you yeah. say yes, right? Those like yeah. yes, yeah, exactly. Yes. They're not even really game demos; like they're, no. they're app demos. Yeah. You know, it's like a whole different thing, yeah. really. And it's not even that; it's just like adding more star power to your event. So I don't actually think I asked you uh, what you're going to do iPhone wise. I don't know. I'm I'm. Uh... I'm eligible. I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm coming off of the two year upgrade cycle, actually. So, what will I do? I don't know. Um, I was I was seriously considering the plus because of the improved camera, and um, having now seen having gone from the realm of imagine all the cool things Apple could do with a dramatically improved camera and clever right. software to that it's a plus with a 2x optical zoom essentially and this feature that will be there eventually that fakes a fuzzy background yeah not enough for you i don't think so i don't think that's a okay. i don't think that's that's enough of an improvement especially since the camera in the in the main seven is you know still has optical image stabilization and other improvements and that all all you're gaining in, in that well you're gaining all the bigness that you've talked about before and you're gaining this sort of ability to zoom it's a nice feature don't get me wrong but it's seeing the reality of it versus the fantasy has made me think you know i would buy the fantasy but the fantasy's not for sale and the reality i don't think i would buy i think this is the weirdest iphone it's that has been announced it's a it's weird it's a it's a strange well it's this third step i, I and all the rumors are out uh, there right that it's that it's um that te- getting all the pieces in place. That, right? that uh, next year is the 10th anniversary of the iPhone and that Apple plans a complete redesign of the iPhone for that. And so what we've got here is a third year of the iPhone 6 design. Even though they're calling it the iPhone 7, it's the, it's the third year of the iPhone 6. Um, sort of like how the iPhone 5 was a bigger version of the iPhone 4, really. This is, you know, this is the same with, you know, with upgrades. I would say most iPhones don't appeal as much to the one-year turnover as to the two or three, like I said earlier. I'd say this one definitely feels like that. It's another iterative thing. It's got some nice new colors and stuff. Um, if you've got a 6S, you probably don't need to upgrade to it. I Yeah, in some ways, I would say it's maybe the least compelling uh, update they've done to an iPhone in a while because it is this third swing at Johnny Hive perfecting the design of the iPhone 6. And it's fine. That's fine. I, I I have to admit, I'm not 100% sure I will get an iPhone 7 because I do use wired headphones from time to time, especially on planes. And I can get an adapter. It'll come with an adapter. That's fine. I don't use earbuds, uh, including the Apple earbuds. I don't use them. Um, so I could do that. And when I'm running, I'm using Bluetooth. So that's fine. But... You know, is it my success is pretty good. So other than being um, impressed by the new colors, the new black colors, if it was in blue, I would be a little bit more enticed by it. But again, I'm not sure that six, enticing 6S users is really Apple's goal here, right? It's to entice people who are on the on the six or before. If you I mean, you don't know, probably, but if you weren't the type of person who would get review units, do you think that would change your decision? Would you definitely not get one? Or would you maybe be more inclined to get one? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, 
It's a good question. I don't. I don't think I. I. I have formed an answer yet. It's. Uh, it's fine. I mean, yeah. it's a weird. We're in a weird business where part of me needs to update update to everything or have those things around so that I can write about them. Right. Like I. I need to spend time with that home button so that I can write about the home button and what my experiences were with the home button. And so I buy things that I wouldn't buy as a general consumer because I need to have them for my job. So it's hard for me to to sometimes make the question of like what will what will i buy and what is necessary and and just because i buy it doesn't mean that a regular person would would do the same <laughs> i will be buying it um i think I'm, i would have always bought it. i'm not surprised if you want to find show notes for this week's episode head on over to relay.fm slash upgrade slash 105 Thanks again to HelpSpot, Squarespace, and Casper for sponsoring this week's show. Jason is at sixcolors.com, and he is at jsnell on Twitter, J-S-N-E-L-L. I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode. If you want more coverage, more thoughts, reactions, and feelings, uh, you want to tune in to Connected this week. The uh, Federico and Steven are recording an episode later on in the week um, when I will be on a plane. I think they're recording tomorrow, actually. And I will be on a plane going to XOXO where I'll be seeing you, and next week's episode of uh, Upgrade will be recorded live from Portland. Exciting. As we attend the XOXO Festival. Yes. So if you're there, we look forward to seeing you. If you're not, look forward to hearing about what we think. (laughs) We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snow. Goodbye, everybody. And congratulations on your win. Thank you. I told you I wanted to win. But next time, I'm going to beat you. Keep telling yourself that. Bye.